Greetings, constant listeners. It's Jen to the Rage Adams. What you're about to hear is a clip from our new Patreon exclusive series, Talkin' Hawkins. It's a limited spinoff podcast that flips King's Dominion upside down to discuss all things Stranger Things in anticipation for the fourth season. There will be four episodes dedicated to each season, and each installment will see your losers and a special guest discussing the kids, the adults, the 80s references, their favorite needle drops, and naturally, all the connections to Stephen King. And there are many. The first episode covers season one, and you can get it now by becoming a member of our Patreon, The Barons. In addition to this episode, you can also unlock over 100 hours worth of exclusive content from our Stephen King archival series to our own Dark Tower Detour show to our Spooky Souls Midnights to over a dozen commentaries on all your favorite Stephen King movies. You can subscribe now through the link in the description of this episode or you can visit www.patreon.com slash the barons. Hope to see you there over long days and pleasant nights. I do think, and this is, Randall, you could, you could hop on this. I do think that this show is instrumental for this pod to happen. Because I think that by 2016, the election happened. We're not going to digress on that. But the election <laughs> happened. And around I did that marvel time, at how this was pre-Trump, yeah. And, it and, feels so long ago. And around that time, I do think that this sparked our interest in in Stephen King a little bit more. Well, we again. would not have gotten the It movie without right. the success of Stranger Things. And I and I think that's kind of where we started feeling like, all right, there's a movement happening here. Mm-hmm. Something's happening. There's there, people are obsessed with with Stephen King anymore. This goes beyond my emotional ties to the show. Something's going on here. They the 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 80s is obviously in again. It, it already was in at that point, but now it's hit this like kind of kind of mainstream cultural lexicon. Stephen King's big, and I guess the question I have here is like, why do we think it was this? What what is it about this show specifically that connected so well with the cultural consciousness? We love, to- I think, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Sorry. We love a coming of age story with kids. Like look at the Goonies, E.T. Like we've grown up with these shows and these movies. I My favorite thing is like kids together figuring something out, like look, like stand by me or even like super eight that we got, re- you know, in the last, I guess that was like what? 12, yeah. But super eight years didn't, ago. I mean, it, it, it connected in a way, but I mean, blockbuster wise, but like it didn't go beyond that though. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. thought about that a lot, Mike, like that like, super eight didn't take off when it felt poised to. And I think the reason is because obviously nostalgia was, was very much a thing in the mid, mid 2010s. Like that was like, absolutely. Uh, sort of um, vital, I think, uh, marketing tool for a lot of people. Like, and I think some people were becoming critical of it, but it was it was selling tickets, and that was, I think, when a lot of the requels started. Was you know, I mean, earlier uh, in those years, but people were thinking a lot about old properties, and and I think nostalgia definitely was was something that that you know had cultural cachet. And I think Super Eight felt like I remember when Super Eight came out, I thought it was going to be bigger because it had the I was like, oh, this is like going to tap into everything that culture is sort of pining for right now, which is these sort of idealized versions of our childhood that tap into a lot of the movies that are current inspirations on a lot of the art that we're consuming. And this movie, Super Eight, seems so kind of beholden and um 
and reverent about that era. But something, and the thing is, I think before we do the next season, I want to rewatch Super 8 because I remember enjoying it. We just watched it. it. Yeah, we just watched it. It's really, it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll say that I remember liking it, but I think that I'm curious why I didn't connect to it and and why Stranger Things did connect because I do think they tap into a lot of the same uh, you know, the same well sort of inspiration. But I think it, it, I think the aesthetic is a huge part of the success of Stranger Things. And I think the, honestly, like, it doesn't just come down to nostalgia with Mm -hmm. this show because so many other shows have tried to do the same thing and Mm -hmm. failed. I really genuinely, because I've been sitting here trying to rack my brain about what it is about this show I love so much when I'm usually very critical of shows like this. And and I, I have a much more defined answer, but I think broadly, though, I will say this is a really good show. It is. Mm-hmm. And, it, and yeah. it has an excellent cast that is top to bottom good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's more to it than all of this. And I'll touch on that. But but also in the same way that the It movie, the first one succeeded so much on the chemistry between the young actors. Like, Sammy, you mentioned that, too, like this idea of a coming of age story about kids like that is an irresistible setup. Well, but and you it also need- appealed to younger people, too. I feel like most of the fan accounts I see for Stranger Things are like kid- kids, ki- children, like yeah. it's a- for adults and for kids. Yeah. yeah. And I was just saying, like, I think the chemistry between the kids is so important and the four, you know, well, five, including 11, like these kids have such great chemistry together. Uh, and especially in this season, all of them, I think are at their best, honestly. And, um, and I love most of these actors like in the current, in the later seasons as well. But I think this is the season where I think their chemistry is, is so off the charts. And, and also I think sort of, I think that in the nerdification of pop culture too, there was something very appealing about main characters who were into D and D and that were unabashed nerds in ways that didn't feel like pandering. Yeah. And that to me is a huge um, uh, point too, about why I think this show is so good is that it's relationship to pop culture isn't precious. Yes. And I want to yeah. talk about that more later, but it's like, um, uh, it's not the show isn't winking at you in the way a lot of other shows do. But I'm getting a, ahead of myself. Yeah, I think that's really important too. Yeah. And I and I think that it kind of goes into like what um I referenced this on a, I think on a past episode uh, maybe it was on Halloweenies. But Alex Ross Perry was on uh, the Big Picture with uh, with uh, Sean Fennessy, and he talked about um, the idea that like you know n- new original stories. And this is kind of what we talked yeah, about with Super 8 recently, um, is that like we'd kill for a Super 8 now because it's like at the time we were like, oh, this is kind of a rehash. But it's like this is it's still more original than some of the, the reboot shit that we're getting now. But I think what what Alex Ross Perry was getting at with in the conversation is that like we're probably not going to have the the original stories that that we you know, that you got 30 or 40 years ago where you're you know, the genres are being defined, they're being set. But what we're getting is is. Our, our new people or our new, our, our, our new filmmakers or new creatives that are contending with these genres and with these um, these pastiches, the, the, these sort of um, aesthetics in new ways. And they're funneling it into a new form that we could kind of relate to. And he, he did a comparison with Tarantino, you know, with Tarantino in the 90s. All of his Absolutely. movies that he created, we'd seen before. We'd seen exploitation films. We'd seen 70s gangster films. We've seen the street crime films. 
But yet he was doing it with a, a more heightened pop culture sensibility. And I do think that Stranger Things is doing that with the 80s. I absolutely. Well, we're, we're now seeing the kids that grew up with these movies are now adults who were influenced by it. And now yeah. they're making movies. But it's not in a way that is like shoved down your throat. Like, because to, to the kids that, you know, were born in like 2006, 2007 that are watching it probably don't get most of the references, but it doesn't matter. Like, no. they they don't care about that. And that's, that's fun because we were all so desperate for, I mean, fuck, I watched Free Guy last night because I was like, <laughs> I just want something that isn't based on something or a yeah. remake or a sequel. And it's because we just want, we want original content and it doesn't matter if it's influenced by something or not. I think we're past that. Like, look how much we hated J.J. Abrams at first. Everyone was like, he's just Spielberg. He's just Spielberg. But now, since we're in an era where all we're getting are sequels and superhero movies, we're like, sure, get influenced by well, an now 80s he's George movies. Or an, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> or, but take influence from an 80s or 90s movie. I don't care as long as it's a new story. Yeah. Jen, sorry, where were you going well, to no, it's, it's like, it's this perfect mix of a new story and an old story because it feels so much like Stephen king but it is new and we don't know what's going to happen and i think part of why it's so successful is because it's not an adaptation of a book like it is formatted for mm -hmm. a series you know and so it's and i think if i compared it to super eight it's been a long time since i've seen super eight so i don't remember but i just remember leaving that with like a feeling of it feeling unfinished and like wanting more and with like eight hours here you can really dive into the stories and i think there are three different entry points here. Like there are the kids, there are the teens and there are the adults yes. Yes. because we have eight episodes. None of those feel like they're a weak link. You know, every single element of that story gets time to breathe. And because you give your characters time to breathe, you don't have to lean on the nostalgia to make, to like wink at the audience because the story is strong enough, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's really important. The three lanes that you mentioned and we'll get into it a little bit in our next section, but I think those are really important to why this show works. And, you know, they, they've been talking a lot about this new season, Stranger Things 4, if you haven't figured that out yet while watching, <laughs> still listening to this Have episode. Have you guys heard of it? But uh, they've talked about like the... the